When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Poker and Politics here. Today, we're going to be talking about Wayfair, the hell world. Also, Donald Trump bends the knee and gives into the global satanic pedivore ring and puts on a mask. Um... I gotta start off with Wayfair because it is the big story, and it's almost like hilarious that it isn't a big story at this moment because it came out like gangbusters a couple days ago, and now it's fading away. It just goes to show you how uh, rapidly moving the QAnon news cycle is. That uh, this almost feels like in a way dated. If I had done this a couple days ago, it would have been like hot, hot, hot off the press, but. The whole Wayfair story was, uh, they attempted to start this story up about a month ago. The Amazing Polly, one of the QAnon's mid-level grifters, tried to get this rolling. And then a uh, post on Reddit's R Conspiracy uh, board got it moving. And everyone started freaking out. And the gist of it is, is that there are these dumb overpriced items on all these e-commerce sites. Wayfair, Amazon, eBay, I mean anything. All these sites have these things where there's a cabinet for $10,000 or there's a throw pillow for $10,000 and this is either someone putting it into the site wrong or some sort of like stocking algorithm where you sell X number of products at, at this price and then you move the price up as you run lower on stock and eventually you get to a weird spot where you're charging way too much money for a throw pillow or whatnot, will you? But the gist of it is, is that every company has these sorts of products on their sites. This is not a Wayfair exclusive uh, dumb problem. It is something that happens everywhere. And the fact that QAnon freaked out about this, and then, of course, what they do is they, they tie it to human trafficking, because they always do. 
I saw people saying, like, couldn't they just be money laundering? Couldn't this just be an obvious, like, grift where a criminal enterprise buys this item for the money and then you uh, transfer the money to Wayfair and then the Wayfair mule then gives the clean money back to the person who bought it with a cut? I mean, that would be, like generic money laundering 101 kind of stuff it would make sense so why does it have to be human trafficking and then came the whole thing about the furniture has names and the names match this list the list of missing children is like 46,000 names wide and the odd and these they have to make new names because they don't want these uh, items to compete with each other with the same name. You can't name a cabinet and a lamp Deborah. You have to have a massive naming list in order to uh, make sure that every item that is going to get a name gets a different unique name for that item. So the people who are uh, running the site for the item, know what to call it. It's not that shocking. And then, of course, what, ha- what happened was is uh, two of the girls who have allegedly been uh, kidnapped uh, posted on social media that they have not been kidnapped. So what did QAnon and all these other nuts do? Said they were still kidnapped. Like, that's this is the thing, is that you can never provide enough information to make these people back down. They will never give up. They will never concede. They will never admit they were wrong. These girls could literally strap a GoPro to their shoulder and go through a day in their life swapping batteries in and out to get the the full 24-hour cycle. And these dirtbags would still claim it was fake. They could hang out with their family. They could go for a bike ride. They could go to the store. They could do anything to show that they're a free person in America. And they wouldn't believe you. They wouldn't believe it. They would be looking through the footage of the girl at the 7-Eleven in order to find uh, proof they don't have that branded. They don't have that variety of Doritos in Washington D.C. This has obviously been filmed in California. Nice try, Cabal. I mean, it, it, that's how they operate. They operate on a, a deeply ridiculous, nitpicky. Every rock solid piece of proof that you give that would placate ninety nine percent of humans will not placate them, and they will dig to discredit that piece of evidence, and then just keep the ball rolling, and they will never stop. They will just keep pushing forward in perpetuity. Because the narrative is what matters and the truth can go fuck itself. That's how these people operate. And it's depressing to deal with. And uh, beyond that, this, beyond like the nightmare of the whole Wayfair thing, uh, just uh, thank God for good researchers. Thank God for people who know what they're talking about know what they're doing and actually look into this stuff and uh, provide the debunking materials needed to uh, get rid of the lies that are being propagated and 
chief among these people is uh, uh, feminist propagander and uh, Mark Andre Argentino. Uh, Dapper Gander is just really incredible, and Mark's really incredible. They do such good work. Everyone should follow both of them. If you don't, you are doing yourself an incredible disservice. Um, and Ben Collins uh, added on to Dapper Gander's work and also um, signal-boosted Dapper Gander, and that's something that needs to happen just all the time, always. Um, I spend my days with uh, crippling imposter syndrome because... I read one of these really uh, insightful, informative uh, threads from uh, Dapper or Mark where they really explain things in this incredibly uh, cogent, knowledgeable, smart way. And I spend my days being like, look at Major Patriot, he's a fucking moron. And it's just, I just, God, it's just, it's just really, just... It just feels different. It just feels like I'm just picking the low-hanging fruit and they're putting in the work to really dig through the garden and, and plant these uh, crops. Uh, I mean, and they're just great. So being able to read what they said, it's important. And the thing is, is I, I, I brought this up. I had a friend of mine. I had one of my normie friends message me about this shit. And what's funny is, is that some people replied to that and were just like, oh my god, how could she fall for this? Oh lord. I mean, it, it, look, look at X, Y, and Z. Look at this. Look at this. I mean, and the thing is, is that you are looking at this logically detached intelligently. You are looking at what was being said about Wayfair in a way that it was very easy for you to just roll your eyes at it. But the thing about normies, or at least my friend, and, and the thing is most of the people that fall, that fall for this bullshit, the big thing is, is they don't know they're being lied to. They don't know that the argument is always in bad faith by the person talking about the conspiracy. And that is such an important thing to understand it is such an important thing to learn about conspiracy theorists about people who plot this shit out about people who try to manipulate uh, you to see things the way they want you to see them is that they are doing this malevolently they are doing this with ill intent and when you are uh when you are a when you are Jane Q Blue Pill, when you are just someone just going along to get along, and you're on the, the internet a little bit to look at cat photos and roll your eyes at your crazy racist grandma, like you see something about Wayfair sex trafficking ring, the shocking truth, and. You might think to yourself, well, I don't know if I believe that, or I don't know if I'm buying that, or eh, that sounds far-fetched. The one thing you're not doing is thinking that, oh my god, the person telling me this is full of shit. Oh my god, the person telling me this is fucking lying to me. And they're lying to me 
intentionally and maliciously. They're not doing this out of uh, mis- uh, mistaken information. Uh, just uh, they were they were hoodwinked themselves by bad information. No, they are doing this because they're a piece of shit. They're a piece of shit that is trying to warp me to their worldview and manipulate me into joining their horrible crusade. And that's what they're doing. That's what this asshole is doing to you. They are attacking your mind to uh, bypass the logic and reason sectors of your brain and they want to get direct into the emotional parts of your brain. They want to hit you in your feelings and they want you to feel anger and fear and disgust. They want to appall and offend and sicken you. And this is why they bring up Epstein. This is why they try to link in all the bad things that have happened that they know can in, they can uh, create a feeling of disgust and uh, make you uh, not want to think about this rationally because they just want you angry. They want you angry and buying in because the rage bypasses the logic and then once their bad information gets into your brain, it's really hard to get it out. Now they've got you. They've got a hook in you. And I mean, when I had this conversation with my friend, she was she was fighting me, and that was really frustrating because she knows me. She knows that this is the the, the muck and the swamp and the slime that I live in, and that I'm constantly fighting with these assholes all the time, but. Her brain was just so tilted by the shit that she'd been pumped full of that she'd be like, but this girl had a ridiculously different name. This name is so unique. There's no way it could be a coincidence. And I had to walk her through it. I had to show her that these names were not that unique, that they weren't that different, that they weren't that strange. And I had to walk her through all this stuff. And it... It took, it was like a 10, 15 minute text conversation. We were going back and forth and she just kept probing and pushing me and poking me and just, just trying to, she was trying to make it work. She was trying to red pill herself. She was trying to believe. (laughs) And afterwards, afterwards, she was saying like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like laughing at myself. Me and my partner, we're holding our baby we're just talking about this and how I'm like easy cult material and thanks for getting me off the ledge here. I mean, but it, it just it just got to me. It just it just the the, the kids and Epstein and it just it just it just did something to me. And that's the point. That's the that's the goal of the people peddling this shit is to just get you in a mindset where you are receptive to something bad is happening. And once they can get you receptive to the idea that there is a bad thing happening, they know that it will take a lot of work for the logic to reverse your train of thought. It'll take so much work to get people to say, oh, I shouldn't have believed that 
because now you have the shame of being wrong. Now you have the shame of being embarrassed. Now you have the shame of being conned. And a lot of times when that happens, you're just going to double down and not admit you were conned. You will not admit that it's bullshit. You're going to say, fuck this. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. You're going to stamp your little feet and throw a fit. And that's just aggravating. It's just frustrating that that's the way people operate and that the world would be a lot better place if people had uh, the ability to swallow their pride and admit that they uh, they made a mistake and that they, they fucked up. But again, this kind of action, this way of manipulating people is entirely predicated upon emotional responses and entirely predicated upon making people uh, do bad things. In a stupidly ill-informed way. So, the Wayfair thing was one of those things that was big enough that I had to deal with it in my actual life. And that was frustrating. So, to those who uh, spawned this bullshit, go fuck yourselves. And it's just, uh, just really... Annoying. Annoying that we have these mountains of bullshit that we have to beat back all the time. Just constantly pushing back against it. But it's all you can do. We always say it. You just gotta push that rock up the hill. It's all you can do. So, that was the Wayfarer segment of our show. The good news is we have something to laugh about, and that is Donald Trump uh, took bent the knee and put on a mask at Walter Reed Hospital while he was visiting the troops who may or may not have been targeted for murders by Vladimir Putin's uh, funded Taliban. And that was news. And the funny thing is that QAnon has been largely silent on this because they really don't have a good answer for what happened. Uh, Martin Geddes tried to come up with some 11-dimensional underwater Quidditch about Trump suckering the deep state into a trap. And then one of his uh, reply guys came back and said that, no, the trap was that if Trump didn't wear a mask, they were going to pump the hospital full of COVID and kill everybody. And that by wearing the mask, Trump defeated their plan, which makes no sense because Trump has never tested positive for COVID. So... How could they blame Trump for giving people COVID when he doesn't have it himself? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, that doesn't work. And I don't know what trap Trump could possibly be luring people into with this. But Martin's just grasping at straws. Then Joe M. took a bite at the apple and said that Trump was doing it out of respect for the troops, that he was just doing this because that's what you do when you're in a hospital and you're visiting our soldiers who are fighting for our freedom and all that kind of stuff, that you you don the mask to just uh, let them know that you care for their their health and their safety. And a bunch of his replies, uh, replies were... Uh, affirmative to this and a bunch of them were adamant that this was the only place you would ever wear a mask under any circumstances 
and you can feel the ground shifting under their feet. Because these people apparently didn't see the baby gets uh, baby gets some candy, baby gets a treat uh, bullshit that happened after Trump put on his mask at Walter Reed. All the big, all these big blue check marks on Twitter were like, "Oh, look at Trump wearing a mask, looking sharp. Biden's going down now. He's got no fucking shot now that we got masked up, Trump." Uh, I, the massive shift in the polls now that Donald Trump has belatedly donned a mask. I mean, it, like, but again, everyone, you can just tell that like everyone was looking at this, and they said. We've got to give the whiny piss baby his fucking belly rub so that he'll keep wearing the goddamn mask so people can't use him not wearing a mask as a talking point against us in this campaign. Yeah, they're going to ding us for being a day late and a dollar short on it, but it's better to do this now than to just friggin' go maskless the whole campaign and just letting them hammer us with this talking point. Letting them like, throw it in our faces that we're not taking coronavirus seriously and that we're not uh, handling this appropriately. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, retweeted one of the uh, sycophantic uh, blue check mark uh, dick suckery uh, tweets. And that to me was just a giant red flag that. Uh, everyone is all in on getting Papa to uh, wear the mask more often. Because if Don Jr. is coming in a hot on Operation Masks Are Good Dad, then you know that this is not just a... This, this was not uncoordinated. That this was not something that was spontaneous where everyone was just like, Oh, look, the president's wearing a mask. Let's give him a high five. Let's give him a bro fist for masking up. Because, again, he drank water with one hand and was showed that he might be able to handle a ramp, maybe, if he's in a good state of mind. And this is a guy who really needs to be validated whenever he does any little thing that he thinks might be questionable. So, Operation Mask, 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 good, good, good. They were losing it. They were all over it. So we have like, a, we have a moment here where Trump is now. I don't know like how much more like what, what kind of public events he's going to be involved in outside of the White House. I mean, inside the White House, he probably won't wear a mask because that's like a, kind of his residence and all. But uh, the next time Trump goes out of state, the next time he goes to greet some people at like one of his things where it's, like, not a campaign rally, but he's just moving around America and giving speeches to show that he's, like, doing those kinds of things. It's going to be really interesting uh, if he wears a mask, and when he wears a mask, what is QAnon going to say then? Because, again, their whole defense of this thing was that he only wore it because he was around the troops in a hospital. And we'll give him a mulligan on it. But it was just so obvious from the way that the uh, the Trump campaign and the media. Brad Parscale gave him gave gave him the back pat 
the guy who runs his campaign was like, hey, looking sharp, POTUS, way to go. And the Don Jr. retweet, I mean, it's just so obvious what they're doing. And QAnon just, just drives their heads into the sand. Just the aggressive, uh, willful ignorance. Just the world's greatest researchers, none of them brought it up. None of them wanted to look at it. Because, again, to look at these things is to have to acknowledge the reality that the next time you see Donald Trump in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or wherever the fuck it is he's going to wander off to to give a speech about whatever it is he's going to talk about in an effort to try to like not get the doors blown the fuck off him in this election, he's probably going to be wearing a mask before he goes to the podium. Then he's going to take the mask off, give the speech, and then slap that mask back on and QAnon is going to have to find rationalizations and justifications for that. The fact that now Trump is going to be a mask wearer. He is going to surrender the way they all refuse to surrender because they're just hard-scrabbled, rock-ribbed, true Americans. And that's why they love POTUS, because he's the exact same way. So, it's going to be really funny uh, watching that. And, again, if... Trump doesn't wear the mask. I think it's really bad for him. It's bad for him, like, on a not being a fucking monster level, but it's also just really bad optics. It's something that just looks terrible. And the Biden campaign and the Lincoln Project and the Republican voters against Trump and everybody else, they'll be thrilled if Trump does not wear the mask the rest of the way and they, they get to take all these photographs of him not wearing a mask, they're going to be able to hammer him on it and they're going to be able to say that he's not taking this shit seriously because he refuses to do like just the minimal things that you're supposed to do when you're in public so it's a lose-lose situation uh, for QAnon because either he loses in the court of public opinion or he alienates them completely by surrendering completely so uh, on that front I mean being a human being with a sense of morality and decency and everything, I, I want him to wear the mask. Wear the fucking mask, goddammit. And uh, the fact that it makes QAnon eat shit is hilarious, but that's like such a such an unbelievably minute uh, portion of it. I mean, there were all the photos. I mean, I've seen all the, like, the Facebook memes and shit of people like uh, on... Facebook groups screaming, I'll never wear a mask. Masks are terrible. I fucking hate them. And then you see the Trump wearing the mask at Walter Reed. And they're like, that mask looks sharp. Can I get one? I mean, so if it, the MAGA Trump worshiping lunatics who are not full-blown QAnons, they breathe the same air as me. They travel in the same stores as me. We live together. I want them to fucking do the right thing. I don't want people to do the wrong thing. The only way we beat this virus is by working together. Please, can we get everyone pulling the rope in the same direction? Can we fucking do that? I mean, have you uh, seen the baseball in Taiwan where they actually have crowds? Uh, Japan had a pro wrestling event, and if you've watched pro wrestling in America for the past few months, there are no crowds. In Japan, they just did a show where they filled a third of the re- the arena with actual people. They had real fans in the building. They were socially distanced. They were all wearing masks, but it was some semblance of normalcy. 
other nations are winning. They're beating this thing. They are moving forward. And we are driving ourselves into a ditch. We are just aggressively destroying ourselves. And it's like, why? Why are we the only country that can't get this fucking right? And it's not because we're unique in some sort of way. It's not because we have population density that's un- uh, unbelievable or anything. But, I mean, so- South Korea is incredibly dense, and they got this under control. I mean, a lot of their policies were draconian by our standards and would have resulted in people freaking out. But they did it, and it can be done. We're seeing it. So... It's really enraging. I mean, it's really, really frustrating that this is where we are as a country. That we're we're the ones who just can't get it right. We're the ones uh, turning Florida and Texas into just death traps. And California and Arizona are working hard to join them. So, yeah, it's great. It's just absolutely great. Uh, TLDR, wear a fucking mask. Period. It's question time. Oh, yeah. It's time for the questions. AIS Millard, one of, uh, one of my inquisitors, says, uh, It's said that debunking bullshit is always harder than spreading it. Given that, what should our response be when conspiracies like this pop up and start infecting outside discourse? Uh, the most important thing is to get... Informa- good information out quickly and signal boosted as hard as possible. Uh, the problem is, is that as, as Mark Twain uh, famously stated, that a lie can travel around the world. Uh, I think maybe even said twice uh, before the truth can even put its shoes on. And this is the nature of what we're dealing with: is that uh, uh, Mark Andre and Dapper Gander uh, would not be able to uh, debunk. They got to do work to get the debunk in before uh, they can do it. And so there's that lag time between the bullshit conspiracy theory and why it's bullshit. Like that lag time will always be there. It's always going to be difficult to handle that gap. But the only thing you can do is um, at the start. Basically, all you can do at the start is when someone proposes a ridiculous thing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
tell them or just say, like, look, I'm not going to buy into what you're saying for 48 hours because it's probably horseshit. And that is probably the best way uh, forward on that front is to tell anyone anything they hear, any lunacy, any madness, any insanity, anything that seems too implausible to be true or crazy, unless they can verify it immediately with reputable sources, if they're only getting this off the internet from anonymous people or Facebook groups or Twitter or whatnot, will you? Unless you can verify it with rock-solid actual evidence from real sources, give it 48 hours. Because if the claim is being made by sources that you don't know and you can't verify, and it's out there and it's spreading like wildfire, the legitimate sources will turn their attention on it, and within 48 hours you will get to the truth. And the other side of that is, is beyond trying to institute a 48-hour rule of semblance uh, to give some semblance of order and logic to people, once the debunk has come out, and once you can validate that the debunk is, is legitimate and honest, and that you can verify it, because again, do not take anyone else's word for any of this shit. As the uh, world's greatest researchers like to say, do your own research. Make sure that when someone tells you the terrible thing is not true, that they're not lying to you. But, period... Once you've seen the debunk and it makes sense and it fits what you believe this world to be, signal boost the shit out of it. Uh, signal boost it yourself. Uh, signal boost it to people that have bigger platforms than you. Like, uh, if Dapper Gander has a debunk for one of these things, I didn't do this this time because I was just on Mars. I just, I just couldn't fucking handle this shit. It was so frustrating. Uh, and I just saw the debunking that was going on, and I, sh I, I, anyone who would talk to me, I was be like, go to Mark Andre, go to Dapper Gander, read them, read them, read them. People were DMing me constantly, and I was just sending them like their, I was sending them their handles. I was like, go, 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 just read, read of them, learn, drink from the cup of knowledge, and be and be made whole. Uh, let it let it quiet your heart and ease your mind. Uh, just just all of that, but. That's like the really important thing is to signal boost the shit out of it. Like you retweet it, and then you tag, uh, you tag uh, Travis View, tag uh, Mike Rothschild, tag Ben Collins, tag Will Will Sommer, tag me if they're all asleep and I'm the only person around that can handle it. Uh, uh, tag Iram Shrenko, tag Sarah, tag important people, tag the good people of this world, and just just get the information out to the people that need to get the information and then let them run with it and signal boost it and make it bigger because the only that's the only way you can like begin to counteract this shit is to get the actual truth out to people so that they can see it and, and hear it and then they can weigh the two sides the one side that is just a ridiculously incendiary lie and the other side that is facts and reason and, and evidence and again the incendiary lie is based on attacking people's brains emotionally and that makes it difficult to defeat it but hopefully they can hopefully they can be rational they can be reasoned with and they can be rational uh, Nicola asks me what made you decide to be the anti-Q hero Twitter needed I don't know that uh, I'm the hero you need but I may be the hero you deserve 
I would lose my nerd card if I didn't try to make a Dark Knight quote there. Uh, why am I doing this? Well, it really just is the fact that I have been studying the Illuminati New World Order for a long time uh, before this. I've given this bit of my backstory before, but uh, in high school I was a massive JFK conspiracy uh, theorist. Uh, JFK, RFK, I could talk your ear off about them like you fucking read about. My knowledge about them makes my QAnon shit fucking just night and day. But then I was a 9-11 truther for a while, and then one day I was just talking shit about 9-11 to a friend, and he told me to fuck off. And that hit me. It really hit me in an odd way. Like, whoa, I thought everyone knew 9-11 was an inside job. And when he was like, no, the, the, the planes hit the buildings, and that was what it was, and Bin Laden did it, and what the fuck are you talking about? And I went to red pill him by doing research, and I blue-pilled myself. I was like, oh, fuck, the government story adds up. Holy shit. Loose change is fucking propaganda. It's a fucking uh, hit piece. It's... Again, it's it's emotion. It's an appeal to emotion. It's a uh, attempt to incite. It's an attempt to enrage. And that that's what got me out. And then once I was no longer like a nine eleven truther, as it were, I was just kind of like, well, let me see what these nut jobs are into now. And that's what led me to finding out about the Illuminati New World Order stuff and all the celebrities putting circles around their eyes. And bada bada, and I was following that stuff and doing that stuff a lot, and I would uh, read up uh, Vigilant Citizens bullshit, I'd read up all the Super Bowl halftime show, Illuminati Ritual bullshit, uh, I followed a call for an uprising a lot, I, I could have like started a Twitter channel just fucking yelling at call for an uprising, that guy is out of his fucking mind, and he cranks out content like you read about, that is a man... He makes Praying Medic and Joe M and all these other... He makes Q look like the laziest piece of shit in the world. That is a man who, who thinks that saving the world is not a part-time job. Call for an uprising. Fucking in it to win it. But, um... I was... Following all those guys and just listening to them and rolling my eyes at them and looking at what the stuff they did and what they were saying and seeing where they were wrong and they were lying... And eventually it got to a point where I was on the blog slash website Little Green Footballs and in the comments section of Little Green Footballs they would have people posting lots of tweets that they had sent out where like uh, Donald Trump would say something and they would tell Donald Trump to fuck right off you piece of shit and uh this was like a kind of a thing where people would promote their tweets on the blog. And I saw that and I saw it and I realized I was kind of like living vicariously. Uh, I was living through twi on Twitter vicariously through these people. And I just said to myself, you know, I need to get on Twitter. I actually need to do this because I've never just gone all in on Twitter. I've made other accounts before and I've dipped a toe in it, but I never just tried to just fully immerse myself into it and actually work at it. And uh moment of arrogance with poker and politics. 
I've always had friends tell me that I'm a great storyteller and that I'm funny and all this other stuff. <laughs> I'm Mama's little boy. I'm such a catch. I mean, just, just, but I've always had people tell me that, like, my personality was good and this kind of stuff and that, like, I should, like, try an open mic night and do stand-up comedy and blah, blah, blah. And I just had it in my head that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to... F- I'm just going to go balls to the wall on Twitter and just just talk and just see if I can actually make an audience happen. If I can grow an audience and do this. Just by sheer force of will, just put my head down and just plow through. And so I started the Poker and Politics account. Uh, really funny that I actually didn't have a deck of cards in my house when I did this account. I had to drive down to the store, grab a deck of cards, grab the Black Forest out of the deck, take a photo of it. And then post that as my avatar. And uh, the Black Fours are a code. If you decode them, you win absolutely nothing. Uh, and hilariously enough, uh, there was a thread where someone, a QAnon supporter, actually decoded the uh, my avatar. And an anti-QAnon person yelled at them. And said that they were wrong. And that they were reading too much into things. And I just shut right up because I was not going to give the QAnon person credit. Um, but yeah, so I did all that and then I just started plowing ahead. And at the start I was talking about poker some and I was talking about conspiracy theories some. And I, and I, I came here to talk about QAnon because it was the new Illuminati, new world order thing. It was the new hot conspiracy theory. It was this big thing that had all these people involved in it and I knew there were I and I knew the gist of it. I knew the general concept of what it was about. But even then I had yet to read a Q drop. I had yet to actually uh know where to go to read drops. So I kind of just like landed here looking for a fight with an entity that I truly didn't know exactly what it was all about. I just knew that it was... I knew from all the stuff that I had read that it was the Illuminati with Donald Trump as a hero. And then when I read the Q drops and everything, that validated what my beliefs were about what QAnon was. But then... um, So I was just plugging along, um, getting no traction, just doing my thing. And then... My big break, my moment of glory was when the uh, Hoover hearing happened, D5, in uh, where it was the big moment when finally Hoover was going to testify before Congress and bring down the deep state. And Q had been hyping the shit out of it. I mean, Q was just like, this is it. We're bringing them down. We're going to win. Everyone goes to jail forever. Victory. I mean, this was uh, the night before the Hoover hearing was when Q did his ill-fated question and answer session where he declared that the earth was round and that JFK Jr. was dead and pissed off a lot of his followers. Because uh, he was just in such high spirits that, like, this, this... I don't know what the fuck he was actually thinking was going to happen, because 
if you're a rational person, you know that one of these, like, uh, Senate hearing, it was a House hearing, this House committee hearing, it was going to go over like a wet fart. I mean, it was not going to be a thing where, like, uh, Mark Meadows, who was the chairman, because he was the outgoing chairman, the election had already happened and uh, the Republicans had lost, so he was the lame duck chair of the uh, commi- of the committee. It wasn't like Hoover was going to come in and tell him about the 50-foot statute of Moloch in the DNC and uh, that Nancy Pelosi drinks the blood of children and all this stuff, and that they were going to write up the write up the arrest warrants. I mean, but Q had been hyping this hearing up for so long, and this was like the big payoff. And it just so happened that uh, I was working a shift where I had Thursdays off, and the Hooper hearing was on a Thursday, so I started live tweeting the Hooper hearing, and it was hilarious. Uh, you, like there was no one in the crowd. Um, the initial testimony was dry as toast and boring. It was uh, Judicial Watch uh, biceps guy from Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton. Uh, he and some random dude the Democrats had dragged in to talk about how uh, charities work, and the two of them just sparred over the Clinton Foundation for ninety minutes. And uh, God, I mean, it was just. It was just Tom Fitton doing what Tom Fitton does, where he just talks shit about Hillary and Hillary and Bill Clinton and how terrible they are. And the other guy was just like, "No, the Clinton Foundation's actually like pretty good. I mean, all the metrics for a charity, yeah, they're they're high. They're they're solid." And 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 the hearing goes to recess. And you could just kind of tell that, uh, and I remember that before they went to recess, that Meadows had asked Fitton a really leading question about uh, some uh, Rob uh, Rod Rosenstein and uh, Bob Mueller and all this kind of stuff. And you could just see that, like what they had set up, this like little bit of Kabuki theater for the cameras. And ooh, we got one. Oh yeah, that's looking. And you could just see Meadows being like, "Man, we'll cruise through the rest of this little committee hearing, and I'm going to be home." with a glass full of scotch with like five ice cubes in it, just tipping one back and watching Fox News, watching Sean Hannity just tear the Clintons a new asshole with my awesome little uh, committee hearing that I had today. You could just tell they totally had won. They, they spiked the football. It was victory. And then they come back from the recess, and they have these two new witnesses in, and hilariously they had had a... Uh, a nameplate for Huber on the table, but then it got taken away because uh, he dipped out at the last second. He just, like, uh, he, had, he had to go wash his dog or something. He was like, I, I ain't going to this shit. And the two guys they bring in afterwards, they turn out to be these total fucking grifters who uh, just were using this uh, hearing to try to elevate and get publicity for their lawsuit against the Clinton Foundation which was this massive cash grab because they were using some sort of whistleblower provision in the law where if like you find malfeasance and ill-gotten money from a uh, entity that had done uh, illegal uh, things to get that money and you manage to give the evidence to the uh, authorities and they successfully prosecute these people for the money they've illegitimately uh, gained you are entitled to between 10 and 30 percent of that money and literally like even on the low end the low end payout was still somewhere around like uh hundreds of millions of dollars 
And if and, and they even made the statement like the entire two point four billion dollars the Clintons got from the Clinton Foundation was illegitimate. So if you slid the scale all the way up to the maximum, like thirty percent of four point two billion dollars, these guys were looking to get a billion dollar payout at best from this stunt they were pulling, which hey if you're gonna go, go hard. If you're gonna be a bear, be a grizzly. So they did this shit, and the committee hearing just imploded so brutally because even the Republicans on the committee were like, you guys are just using us to fucking uh, push your lawsuit. You won't even give us your evidence. And they're like, no, we won't give you our evidence. And at, and at one point, Mark Meadows was like, why won't you give us your evidence? And the guy was like, I'm not going to give you our evidence because we don't want our evidence to get out because you won't use that evidence to sue the Clintons and get us fact stacks of cash. And Meadows just adjourned the meeting, just adjourned the meeting in disgust and everyone ran away and the whole thing turfed out so fucking hard. Your head would spin and Q didn't, and Q never spoke of it again. It never happened. It went right down the memory hole. And my live tweeting of this train wreck, like, uh, got me from like, 50 followers to like two, 300 followers. And from there, people knew that I was a guy that was aggressively going against QAnon. And it just kept moving from there. And then uh, I think, I think the other thing that really helped was uh, when I did the Q is always wrong thread and I pinned it, that, that got me a lot of attention and at one point, uh, our our Lord and Savior Travis View gave me the uh, the Travis View bump, and uh, that really uh, that that really helped me out so much. And I'm forever in his debt for that. So that's my story. That is the origin story of poker and politics, as it were. And uh, the, yeah, but I, I was just always I just look, I was watching this battle from afar, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you and on. I've got to get in there, and I've got to start throwing some punches at him. As for why I named the, the blog, as for why I named myself Poker and Politics instead of something more anti-QAnon-ish, I just liked the name, and it's what I care about. I love poker and I love politics, and I was telling people like, <laughs> like I was building it up to people who could not have given a fuck less about it, because like none of my friends use Twitter in any real serious way, and I was like telling people like, yeah, I'm gonna make a Twitter account. And it's gonna be called Poker and Politics. I think it's snazzy. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, God, oh, God, can someone just, I don't know, just run me over with a steamroller. Just just crush me right now so this, this fucking idiot can stop talking to me about his goddamn fucking Twitter account that he's going to make and give up on in two weeks because he has no follow-through. Uh, my friends condemning me, hypothetically. I mean, yeah, but that was, that was, what my, that was me. That was my whole story that has led you to listening to that chitter-chattery in this moment. Uh, Skeptical Penguin says, do you have any episodes speculating on who is behind Q? Uh, I don't know how many I'd say, but I would say probably somewhere around 30% of my podcast episodes have stated my opinion that Jim Watkins is the current writer of Q. Uh, Much because I am a uh, person who follows the evidence and kind of like the mainstream, as I've said, I tend to follow the uh, reporting and the research that has been done that says that this thing kind of began with uh, Tracy Beans, uh, a pamphlet anon, um, 
Coleman Rogers, I believe is his actual name, and uh, Paul Ferber, uh, Baruch the Scribe, who uh, hilariously today decided to just like totally lose his fucking mind and was like screaming about Barack Obama uh, being conceived by the merging of two sperm, which uh, that doesn't actually work, but okay, Paul, you, you got it. I mean, so... But yeah, basically, the the mind the belief is that we had like Grifter Group One, which was probably more along the lines of just like LARPers, just people that were making this up for the funsies. And LARPer Group One, then at some point, either uh, lo- lost control of the Q account. Or gave control of the Q account up to LARP, to Grifter Group One, and from there it all kind of gets murky. Because I mean, people will point out that like the tone in Q changes a lot. That will, Q will take like a month or a six week vacation, and when he comes back, he sounds different. He's talking about different things. Old plot lines have been dropped. New plot lines are developed. So there's a belief that there's probably been like five different like actual like writers of the Q drops but 8 Kun Q is so bad at the job and the one other thing that's really like obvious and evident about 8 Kun Q is that he apologizes he makes mistakes and then he asks for forgiveness which old Q never did old Q would just fuck up and just keep plowing on ahead, just just full speed, uh, no slow, all go. That was always his mantra. And the new, this new Q uh, screws up the spirit cooking thing, apologizes about it, screws up the fake uh, screen grab on MSNBC, apologizes for it, screws up the uh, George Floyd be- thumbnail on the Obama Foundation's Twitter feed. And then argues the point and tries to defend himself when the old Q would never have defended himself. The old Q is just like, hey, I'm giving you guys all the wisdom and genius this world could ever handle. If you refuse to accept my bold vision as truth, you can fucking piss up a rope. New Q is just like, hey guys, I'm right, and this is this proves it. I got some information here. This is I mean, and it's just, it's mincing, it's its pathetic, it's weak, it's timid, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad. Current Q is awful and bad at his job. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Matt, one of my favorite people on Twitter... Uh, he says to me, when will you start interacting more with the idiots? I need my Glenn Glary leads. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not interacting with more of the idiots. They they come at me. I mean, but a lot of the idiots don't... They don't punch. They don't fight a lot. And I will admit that I've been a little more blocky than I have in the past. Because... The people that get my goat are the QAnon centrists. They really will always infuriate me because they know because they're lying. They're just disingenuously lying and they're scummy, and it's it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating when you're dealing when you're arguing with someone and they are aggressively debating you in a bad faith manner, 
where they will, will not be willing to be pinned down on anything. Like, you can be like, do you believe in this? And they'll be like, well, I don't know about that. I think it looks promising. I'm like, do you believe in it? Yes or no? And they'll just be like, ah, I'm not sure. I mean, it looks like it might be, but... And and that's how, that's how they operate. They operate under this uh, perpetual cloud of ambiguity where they make sure that you can never call them out for a stance or a position. They just want to have perpetual flexibility to uh, deny things or to claim that they don't personally stand for things. And that's what a QAnon centrist is all about. They're all about pretending that Q is about thinking for yourself and fighting corruption and protecting children. And when you bring up the truth of Q, they'll be like, oh, I don't believe in that. Oh, I don't accept that. Adrenochrome, that's, that's nonsense. And when you point out, like, well, Q believes in this stuff. Q promotes this stuff. They're like, yeah, Q is disinformating that one. Yeah, I mean, and then they just don't want to... They're never going to acknowledge anything that you're saying. They're never going to admit the truth. They want to stay uh, just... They want to stay where they're at. Because where they're at gives them this uh, veneer. It gives them this cover story that they are actually doing a good or noble thing. When they know they're not. They know they're being a piece of shit. So... uh, if I do get more uh, idiots in the future, uh, I will be more than happy to engage them and to tag you in the conversation so that the fighting uh, can be brisk and uh, passionate because you're a really great pit bull. And I do love reading you shred these people. So uh, that is ye old casting of the pouds uh, for this evening. I will catch you all again uh, late Tuesday night, so you'll probably be listening to it Wednesday. Have a good one, stay safe, wear a fucking mask, and all that other good stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.